What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Masters of Sport podcast. I'm here with Earl Kunkel, the master of chunking. Me? Are you calling me like that dude from the Goonies? (laughs) (laughs) Don't misrepresent me. I'm only saying that because you're a musician. Am I? I don't know. I do play a banjo every single day. Every day? Well, every other week I switch between my banjo and guitar. It's one one of my morning ritual things I do. That's good. To get my brain activated because music's like... They've done science. Like, it super activates the brain when you They've do it. They've done science. Yeah. We know science. Yeah, it's like magic, except they call it science What do you think Jason's now. doing right now? I don't know. He's probably checking or something. Yeah. He was like, I am our... He was, I don't know. <laughs> he was just checking stuff out, making sure it was good so like he doesn't lose the quality. Dane. Yes. When you were studying religion... Because you wanted to be a saint. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> that was a joke. Back in your college days, when you were at Penn State instead of Ohio State, because they didn't want you. <laughs> and you're also from PA. What was your preferred way to learn, study, and retain information for brain gains? Uh, so it's interesting, because what I would do... You probably didn't study. Shut up. No, the only the, only, the effective studying I did was... I like that qualifier. This is how I know you're smart. Yeah. The way you use words sometimes to like hide what's not said. Well, so when I would go to the library, if I knew I had to do something, like it, I was very good at procrastinating, and then yeah. I would essentially buckle down and be like, I'm going to spend the whole day here. Oh, you were a crammer. Yeah, well, I was a crammer, but the way I would do it would be, I would have very specific time frames. So I'd be like, all right, for this hour, I'm going to focus on this. And I would read. And then as I was reading. Look at those I, organization skills coming into play. Yeah. I would read and then write down all of my notes based off of what I was reading and then try to regurgitate it like mentally, essentially. But that's how I, I would then divvy up like, okay, this is my religious studies class. This is my history class. This is my Jewish studies, whatever. And then try and cycle back around, giving myself like an, about an hour time frame. But I would not leave until I felt confident. Like, all right, I think I have a pretty good understanding. I got you. And I didn't have, dude. We, didn't, I didn't have a cell phone, so I, I could actually get work done. <laughs> you weren't distracted. Yeah. The if screen. I was in college today with a cell phone, I would struggle. The screen wasn't always present yeah. at your disposal. Yeah. Mobile look at device. Here yeah. I am looking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I hear you on that, but. But for me, it's I am an auditory person, so if I watch a, a lecture, I'm very good at like memorizing things that I hear. Yeah. But I'm also very good at reading things. I can retain the knowledge if I read it and write notes. Gotcha. So I probably learn a little better listening, but reading things helps me process it a little bit deeper, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I was a lit major, so I was like, I didn't have to work hard at all, but I had to read constantly. Yeah. I probably had to work hard. Like, someone who's, like, dyslexics, like, you're an asshole for saying that. Right. I know. My dad is. So, I was, I'm two generations removed from illiteracy, I always say. Oh, that's good, yeah. Because my dad's really mom couldn't read. Oh, shit. And then he's, like, we're almost positive, undiagnosed, like, dyslexic. Yeah. But the man reads every day. His, his Dude, newspaper. Caitlin's dad's dyslexic, and if you looked at how he 
he's diagnosed. Okay. And it's so bad that he wrote me a note one time that I thought he was screwing with me. And I was like, what is this, Caitlin? Is he, like, trying to, like, write in some code? And she's yeah. like, asshole, he's dyslexic. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I apologize to anyone. But anyway. No, we can laugh at his expense because yeah. I know him. But All right. We shouldn't laugh at the. I wasn't trying. It was more my comment I made. It was like you weren't thinking about these other people that probably would be like a living yeah, would be really hard for me to do you're an insensitive jerk at times i try not to but be, do people care on. about me like if somebody's like oh i was an aerospace engineer like it was easy yeah well maybe it would be easy for me maybe it's just looking back on it like i've been a reader my whole life so maybe it was easy because i read all the time like i worked yeah, at that's it. probably it anyway i had to read books what's your favorite book of all time you uh, have to I rank one 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 pick one probably just one yeah. I don't know, just one. I, it probably changes. Right now, I'll say The Fisherman by uh, it's Lanigan. It's like 2016. It's like this Eldrick-type horror thing, a story within a story. No, I want like a classic. No, nah, classics are overrated. That's why I want them. All right, Things Fall Apart, Shinua Chebby. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, things oh, fall apart. look at me. I'm a pretentious lady. No, I'm user. not. Zip You're, your I'm mouth. So you know why I, I, I'm so smart. You know why I read Things Fall Apart by Shinua Chebby? Roots album, Things Fall okay. Apart. It was named after the book, so I went and read the book. It's like a hallmark, a post-colonial lit. Yeah, you're yeah. not pretentious. You're Whatever. Right. Yeah, you're not. I just said, like, an episode before, I'm a hipster. Like, get out of <laughs> here. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm so bad, I've read the entirety of Infinite Jest oh and my hate God. that book. Dude, you're such a tool. Yeah. You have like a David Foster Wallace tattoo like on the inside nope. of your fucking forearm. Dude, I read Thomas Pinchon. Like, I, I, you're such a tool. Gravity's Rainbow, homie. Oh, my god. I have no tattoos. You really want to no, start that's, talking? That's good, though. Like, I can like flex my fiction no, if I a, need that to. That was a good one. Infinite Jest is like the pillar. No, I if hate you, that book. I hate it. But if I hate you know, it. if you know it. Then that's like you're automatically no, no. raised like ten notches pretentious wise. All right, I'll accept that insult. <laughs> I will accept it. Like, and I, I kid you not, I actually read it. I don't just own the thing, and it's like in my library. Like, I, I read it, and I, I hated myself for it. I did not enjoy it. How old was he when he killed himself? He was I like don't 51. know. Fifty-one. No, he was younger than that. Was he? he had to be. Are you sure? You were just talking about bandanas and tying it back. It was like the late, yeah. was, or was it early 2000s? Probably. That sounds more like it. Yeah. He did write my favorite. I like this essay Jason, he wrote David about grammar. David Foster Wallace. What, how old was he when he died? Yeah, look it up. He wrote this essay about grammar and why you should learn it. And it had all things to do with business and power. Where like Where it's actually like not necessary, but it allows you a way to communicate with people in power positions. Okay. 2008. How old was he? Wow. Man, that was my after I graduated yeah. college. Oh, almost. You were almost. You were closer than I thought. Yeah. I thought he was going to be more like 41. Anyway. My preferred way to study was I microdosed it. I could only study at like 15 minutes, 10 minutes at a time. Okay. And I would just. I'd plan out, like, all right, I need to get four hours in. How many 15-minute bursts do I need? And then I'd see how many, like, how to have to divide it into, like, hours. Yeah. If you will, and how many days I had. 
See, I think that's where I sort of struggle is I, I know I have a point even today. I have a point where I just get where it's worthless, but I don't know where that is. Cause like, dude, there's sometimes I, I've been on airplanes where I'll work for like 10 hours on a flight. Man. And then there's other times where it's like, I might get, I might get an hour and a half of work done. And I'm like, dude, I am just not feeling it. At the all. bandwidth isn't. Yeah. Doing and I, I, I think that's a, point of frustration like what you just said to me is like really important yeah having that all right i'm done at this point and then i'll do it again yeah i like chunked it out yeah exactly chunked, chunked it, it out chunked oh it out. man dane's smiling now if anyone's not watching on camera because he knows where i'm going <laughs> he, it, it like clicked well yeah. he probably knew before but like he gets me he gets me all right dane you love reflexive strength training like it's your baby I don't know if it's my baby, but I do love it. Oh, are you part of someone else's tree? <laughs> I don't think it's anyone specific. I guess it's the body's baby. Yeah, yeah. I do love it. I do. do. I love it because there's there's a lot of different. I mean, especially the more we break down complex movement and. So, I, I think there's a lot to there's a lot to learn with on. reflexive strength training. There's this idea of chunking movements. Yep. Elaborate on the idea of chunking the movement in reflexive strength before we continue. Okay. So the, the concept would be, and this is my interpretation of it. The concept would be you, you take a very complex part of a movement. So, um, I, you know, using the Euro step as an example for basketball, okay. basically you plant left, you know, cut to your left and uh, like you're, you're stepping forward, plant left, cut to your right sorry yeah you know cut to your right and then you hold so the chunk the chunking of that movement would not be the approach then the euro step and then the finish into the shot it's actually just taking like step cut step hold and you could break that down even smaller yeah, if you wanted just to like as well a step hold step cut you know or yeah. step hold cut so there's we see this complicated euro step if you will yeah and we see the lead up to it, like sort of the pre-movement, the components of the movement. So like step, cut, shot, yeah. if yeah. you will. Yeah. And then it's like, well, how do we break that down into a specific part? Right. Am I correct? Am right. I hearing that? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the chunking comes in. Yep. All right. So you see this, right? Yeah. And I, to, I also want to bring this up quickly. When I train with Dr. B we would do a lot of chunking where we would do throws, we'd lift, and then we would do like half turn, throw, shuffle, throw. And to me, that is a form of chunking. Okay, that makes sense. So chunking is almost this idea of breaking a movement down into component parts. Yeah. Simplify, uh, hold on, let me rephrase that. The complexity of the whole movement is put into components to simplify it. And the chunking then is focused, is the way you focus on it to train it. Yeah. That may have got more complicated than No, but that makes that's sensible. And that focus is where the reflexive movements can come in. Yes. To target that. All right. Yeah. So we're doing that basketball player comes in, some athlete, right? And we want to chunk this Euro step. Yep. How do we assess this athlete what part we need to chunk? I think that's a really good question. I think uh First, I would want to see him jump uh, with, like, single leg 
mini hurdles, you know, uh, single leg mini hurdle hop, and then they have to cut and then land on their other foot. So they cut 90 degrees, land on their other foot, and then go forward again. And so that's going to show us how they're how what kind of speed they can handle to cut at. So then if you try and increase the tempo and they can't decelerate fast enough, they might blast past the cut, best past the euro step in this case. So that would be my step by step process in this equation. All right, right, so that's one of them. We're looking for that. They're, if they're not able to do that, we stop there. Yeah. We don't go any farther, right? We have to work on that before we can address the next parts of the movement, yeah. if you will. Yeah. All right. They demonstrate they can do that. What do we look at next within the movement? So you're saying they demonstrate that they can handle that. So, so the deceleration, basically. So right? my next, you know, if we're using the Eurostep example, it would be a plant. Let's say they're going to cut to their right. It's going to be a plant left, cut to their right, plant and jump off of that right. So now I'm going to want to see how do they jump off of that right forward? How's their their forward work? How's their vertical work? Um, you know, can they also, let's say there's a hypothetical defender and they've got to like duck, like shoulder duck essentially, shoulder roll under them, plan off two feet and jump. So then it's like, can they can they do that with their momentum can they change direction and have vertical and some horizontal work? All so right. It's, nice. it's, it's essentially analyzing how much work, horizontal or vertical, is needed and then how much work is needed from one leg or two legs and then which one brings out the most – which one shows the most noise in the person's body. And by noise, you mean like – it doesn't stutter look step, right. Yes, yeah, like, there's something going on where they're slowing. The, the body's not controlled. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about the legs and the power. Euro steps a l little bit more complicated than that too. Like the upper body's doing something yeah. as well. Yeah. So me, I'm seeing this. All right. We have an athlete who can get to the shot, if you will. Yeah. They can cut. They can cut. And the third thing, at least to me, and you can tell me I'm completely wrong here, is now, alright, now they we know they can leap up, they can get in that position, but what happens when they start looking like they're all over the place there? Are we addressing the legs still, or are we moving on to, like, is that trunk work now we're dealing with? I think or it's we both. Okay. Yeah. Explain that to me, because I'm having trouble seeing where the legs come in now. So you're saying when they go to plant to take off. Yeah, they can get there, and yeah. they can take off. They have the power to do it. But, like, when you see the shot, you're like, what was well, that? But if their trunk's out of position, it's – if their trunk is out of position, one, that would be dynamic trunk control. So we have to learn how to coordinate that with their hips, with their posterior chain. Okay, so now I get where you're saying the legs are involved here. Yeah. So there's something previous where there's a lack of communication in the body. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. So I guess then, too, if I was – thinking about it more stronger that's where more of the noise would have came in yes and showcased itself i think so i don't know if you want to keep rolling with that example but a good example for people to be able to relate to would be having a an offensive lineman do a jump over a hurdle uh-huh and then they land and they go hop hop and they jump again hop hop jump again gotcha instead of just going jump land jump land jump land jump so that extra hop 
creates more time for their brain to react. And if we go back, you know, circle back to the Eurostep example, it happens in you know 50 milliseconds. So your brain doesn't have enough time. It has a little bit of time to initiate the, the start of the, the step. But the stepping that happens, happens so quickly that there's no central control from your spinal cord or there's minimal amount. It's more from, in this case, it would be what's the, the co-contractions or, or even central pattern generators, which is what the lineman is struggling to find. The lineman, though, is more based around co-contractions when they land. So it's easy to see that quicker. Pause. Yeah. Rewind. Central pattern generators. Educate me quick. Okay, so that would be if you have like a, a rhythmic patterning like walking or running or throwing a discus or swimming uh, or sucking on a lollipop. The, these There's batches of neurons that basically tell your the your arms your limbs or your you know whatever it might be how to actually do this rhythmically without communicating with your brain it's just telling your it's neurons in your body that are telling your your arms or your you know your bicep or if you're running you know your your hips and your legs yeah, to fire do that it's like why my heart just keeps beating Exa yeah similar like, yes but but for muscles well, yeah i know heart's a muscle but it's it's for gait and, and yeah nice all right so I'm going to recap real quick. We have these CPGs, right? Yeah. That are trying to, I don't want to say bypass the brain, but say, hey, we got this. We can do this. Yeah, and the goal would be that we get those CPGs in line with our technical goals for a sport. That's the whole freaking point right. here. Right, and that's kind of the reflexive thing. Yeah. And by chunking these movements, these complicated movements into simple parts, we can target that CPG yeah. to make this happen. Yes. All right, so we're dealing with the Eurostep. This is our case. We're looking at it. We have, like, sort of, you talked me through, like, three different parts of the movement. Yeah. So, all right, we're there. What do we actually create as an exercise? Like, what's something we can do now to say, all right, that first step's not weak enough. How do we handle that one, maybe? Or it's not strong enough? Yeah, like, that. the plan of the left, to cut to the right, like... Okay, so that would be where we would go, you know, let's say you do a little shuffle or you 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 could do, like, a step onto a very small box, like an 8-inch box. Step off and plant and pause with with the, the, plants, the plant leg. So now you're training the body how to plant and pause. And, gotcha. And, and plant, pause, plant, pause. Now the next step is, all right, now we're going to go... We're, we're going to add in the next step. Now we're going to go plant. We're going to go off the box, land on the left, and then you're going to plant, pause, and then after you pause, go to the right. Now we're going to do that for a set of three. All right, so five. we just chunked it into a more difficult movement. Yeah, we and then, took okay. the chunked parts yep. and added a movement to a movement. Yeah, and then the next chunk would be, okay, now step, plant, go, all as quickly as you I can. I got you. Now there's central control happening but you're educating the CPGs. And that is, and this is where reflexive training gets really complicated to measure the results. Yes. Because it's, how do we measure a CPG? Yeah, it's hard. It, it's, it's extremely hard. I also think it's hard because I think the way that you can measure it. Okay. So for me, 
if you watch me do certain things to my right side down, mm-hmm. okay, I rotate tr- considerably. Okay, I actually have a video on Instagram where I'm I'm holding a PVC or a roller in my quad and my elbow, and I'm pressing with my other arm. And when I have it on my on when I start when I'm pressing on my right side, I'm holding on my left. I rotate hard. This is really all because of throwing being just so rotational and yeah. developing actually ironically the cpgs towards that side okay so where i'm going with this is that when i have my right leg down i rotate to my left if i do a pistol squat if i do a kettlebell swing that's one-legged same thing happens it feels like my leg's dead so i've been playing around with this plate swinging plate to a hip lock swing plate to a hip lock that's actually like pretty quick when i do it to my right side for two sets it feels it feels like my leg doesn't work like totally doesn't work by the third set i'm able to execute it without falling over without hopping without doing anything. it's so it happens so So that's a measurable way so but but you have to be in touch with your your movement and with your athletes there's a part of me here that thinks we there, the technology could, probably does exist. EMGs, and through filming, you could see and it. like sort of like an AI algorithm. Yeah, you could that see. could compare the movements. Yeah, to give you like data, if you will, On, like your science data. To, it, if you had a foot plate, a foot force plate, you could measure it. Okay, because you could see like, oh wait, he shifted to his toe to his. So toe. there is a way to white. Coat the white coat, yeah, for right. sure. I like that. I idea. don't think white it'll happen a for a while. Well, but I think the high speed. We know that high speed movements are therapeutic to mechanics and physiology, and that's the whole ba- basis of reflexive strength, and that's the whole basis of chunking. Is that chunking takes something, and this is a an example. Is that if you if you ever if you went to a club, right, like like fifty cent in the club, like I'm dancing club. Yeah, exactly. Right, nice. Like. And you watch guys dance, men and women dance. I can't dance. I can dance, not well. I can dance, not well, as well. (laughs) But if you watch people dance, it's at a slower tempo, but they can do fantastic movements. Like, just crazy. It looks awesome. But you can't do that at very high speeds because of all the different movements that Okay. Anywhere. The whole goal of where i'm trying to take this weird analogy is that dancing's not weird dane well i know it's not but <laughs> taking the example and saying all right how can we take very complex movements and execute them at really high speeds so if you take stuff like a euro step and you make it even crazier there might be the next euro step 2.0 or whatever the move could be called yeah you know, i wish football named their moves like like basketball does and then now you can start to see these crazier jukes happening because you've trained them. It's like I used this example earlier today where Pat, Patty Mahomes, you know, is getting hawked down by a savage lineman and he's running across, throws a, across his body and hits a target on the run perfectly because he's practiced this. He's chunked this. He's he's. He's practiced his underhand throws. He's practiced his falling throws. Yeah. He's practiced his juke and throw. He's chunked it over his career. 
it's just like a musician learning a song. They might learn the first ten bars, right, right, for for three weeks, and then they go to the next ten bars, and then they go back to the beginning, and then they go back to the second, and then they learn the third part. And that's how musicians like they might not play a song for a decade, and then they pick up a guitar and they just rip, yeah, because it's it's it was chunked out. It was chunked out and educate they educated their CPGs. Awesome. All right, this this one's silly. All right, so not silly. This is practical i should say um we see this reflexive movement euro step we diagnose the movement to do reps and sets volume how many times a week how are we doing that as the application of it if you will so i think when somebody starts training you do it once a week or twice a week if they're youth kids you do it once or twice a week and I think you you should use it with with contrast stuff, so you could do a heavier lift, like a maximal. I believe this is where a lot of the research is lacking. Is that I think you can get kids to learn to chunk at different speeds. So maximal voluntary action is the best way for a kid to learn control of their body uh, over over an opposing force. And then you let them rest for two to three minutes, and then you have them do a, a super complex at higher speed. So that would be one way. That happens. So know, reflexive training is a form of contrast training. It can be. Yeah. Then All you right. do that as you get older. If you have a world-class athlete, you might do reflexive work three days a week. Yeah. You might do it as as a way to warm up. You might do it in, with a weightlifting movement. Then you might do it on an athlete day, and then you might do it on the dynamic day. So now you have reflexive in there three times. All right. I got you. And rep, like sets and reps, how would I do it? Like Five triples. Five triples? Yeah. Why don't I do more than three reps? Like It seems like it's light. It's you easy. Could, I, I mean, can, I think if you're doing bilateral, you could do five. But I think when you're doing unilateral, it gets fatiguing. It, you do yeah. fatigue quickly. Because it's supposed to be done fast. Yeah. So, like, your point, like, it's supposed to – you want to do it as fast as possible for the CPGs to develop that ability to do it come game time for transfer training to the actual competition. Yes. Yeah. I do think – I think some of the failures, I would say, because I've pointed this out with chunking and with, uh, with analyzing reflexive work, is the failures in lack of – MVCs, so maximal voluntary actions, and then two. But it seems like the contrast training's kind of the flip with that, where you're trying to yeah. combat that weakness you yeah. see in it. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm saying weakness from the outside world. Okay, 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 okay. I got you. I got you. And I also think the lack of understanding movement in weightlifting, because weightlifting is it's that you well, chunk everything, you chunk positions, you chunk you know feeling. You do. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's like it's like a lack of of seeing those movements transfer over to other sports yeah. and other, you know. No. All right. We have this solution. We, like we figured it out. We're going to do this. We're going to implement it. Yeah. How do we like we were talking theoretically how we know it works. But what do we start to see in that athlete? And then also, too, we start seeing this. How do we keep it there? So it I doesn't think, regress. Like I, I think one, the execution of the movement that you introduce should be smoother. Mm -hmm. Two, you should start to see those movements. If you so, ideally, let's say you do a movement like this with a plate or with a dumbbell. But so then we get the DTC involved with it a little yeah, bit more. Yep. Yeah. And then when you and then when you want to see it at a faster speed, you do it on the athlete day with a plyometric setup. So maybe you do an actual 
euro step and you want to see it really quick so that's where you you the reflexive work that you're chunking initially is slower and then just the straight reflexive work that you chunk second is still slower because you have an apparatus in your hand and then when you get rid of that hand uh, that apparatus the tool the the weight or the dumbbell once you get to that third step now it should be even faster as a plyometric so it's like and the plyometric is part of the reflexive work which is learned through chunking nice so that's how i would do it man sounds like not even big brain we got galaxy think going on here <laughs> good job dane i'm proud of you Shut up. Well, I know how hard you have been working at this concept. Like it's been, ye- I don't want to say like years, probably two or three. Because I know more. we have talked about it extensively, and like to where it was in conversation. To I was like, just trying to think. The first time I had Sam snatched to a box was probably it probably was three or four years ago. Yeah, eighteen, maybe twenty eighteen. I remember when they came in. We've talked about it. How people are. We're like commenting in the gym, like, "What is he doing?" Yeah. Like, and I was like, yeah. "Well, you don't know." <laughs> yeah. And I remember I said something to you. You messaged me like, "People don't know who Franz Bosch is." I was like, "Well, I'm gonna learn who he is now." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right, we got community questions. Everyone still listening? Thank you. That was like, that one was stimulating from like a mental standpoint for me. Like, I got to ask <laughs> good questions there instead of just be like a uh, an impidimp. What is an impotent? I it's was a Pokemon. S- oh, okay. <laughs> I'm all right with that. All right. This is from the YouTube comi- community, the largest community, Duolingo. Hello. Could you tell me how to combine training in a week for strength, explosive, and endurance? I want to do it all, Dane. Ask this question again. I was trying to figure out where Duolingo came in, but that was the username. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Could you tell me how to combine training in a week for strength, explosive, and endurance? Yeah, okay. I could do that. All right, tell them. I would do I would do this. I'd do day one and day two. We're going to do heavy cleans or heavy snatches uh, with heavy squats and accessories. Day two, uh, moderate, like real fast weightlifting movements and unbroken squats. Day three, we're going to do plyometrics, uh, a whole series, about an hour of jumps and stuff like that take off a day day four we're doing um you know endurance work so we're gonna do uh let's say 10 sets of let's do 10 sets of two minutes at 75 rpms on the salt bike for for uh endurance and then day five we're gonna do um let's say like an easy explosive warm-up you know, just like three or four sets of a power clean that's easy. And then we're going to do another type of strength endurance. It could even be like, it could even be like they do some crazy uh, erg rower or assault bike test. That's like the standard for them. 5K, 10K. Yeah. And then they got to finish with uh sled pull push for 15 minutes. Okay. There you go. Duolingo. This is Reddit. That'd be a good workout. Big PP. A good training <laughs> program. <laughs> Two one one. Big PP. Uh, dude, we used to. I used to get Chipotle, and I would, I would put in the. This is with DJ. Yeah. I would put on his his name to write on the the burrito. I put micro P. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dane, I've been training for shot put for the past year and a half. I recently switched gyms, and my new gym has a strongman section in it. 
I was wondering no, if you could think no, of any strongman no. activities that would be beneficial for my shot put training. By the way, I recently bought your book bundle with kinetic comprehension and cues and corrections in it. Awesome stuff. Very informative. Thank you. Big Dude. PP. Okay, so first of all, I want to say two things. Cues and corrections is unbelievably good. Kinetic comprehension. Are you talking about your own stuff? Yeah. I love how you just (laughs) blow it up. Kinetic comprehension should have never happened. It's 20 years ahead of anything out there in the throwing world. It's literally the coolest book, and no one likes it. It's like, dude, if you had this book as a throws coach and you could see... It's so good at, like, I can watch someone throw and be like, there's a weakness here, there's a tightness here, there's a mobility problem here. And and actually talking about reflexive chunking, you could just pull the information out and be like, we're going to chunk off of this book, and no one no one buys it. I feel, like, I feel like you have it. It's literally decades. I will decades talk to you about what I feel is it's there. decades ahead of what's out there in the throwing world. And no one, everybody's, nobody, ah, Anyway, okay, strongman question. Don't do it, I heard. No, I was Well, it's like, I mean, I think you shoulder like a 100-pound medicine ball and you throw it. I think that's applicable. I, other strongman stuff, it's just, I, it's okay. It's the speed's too slow, and, and it's like, it's like the ugly stepchild to, to powerlifting. You know, it's like it's. I think strongman's more entertaining than power. No, I'm, well, I would say I, I I would say it's the pretty stepchild. Yeah, yeah, that's it's fair. It's one. the next step up. If you had like powerlifting, strongman, weightlifting, they're all like these like. Go Weight sit in the li- weightlifting's a three hundred pound golf swing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, I you know, costs just as much too. Yeah, it does <laughs> probably more. Well, maybe not, but I I think. I think that would be my answer where it's like you do some shoulder stuff and throw medicine balls. Um, it, I, it's just, dude, it's, it's not necessary. So many people get tragically injured, like blown to bits yeah. in strongman because it's a hard sport. Read those books, start chunking, do reflexive work. Perfect there we go. answer right there. All right. Until next time. Peace. Later.